But I believe there's a call of God in this room tonight. And uh, if you will be open to the moving of the Spirit of God, God wants to help somebody who feels defeated tonight. We just sang a song of victory. We sang a song of declaration. For somebody in this room, it was a hopeless song. You didn't think you could ever get there. But God's going to help you tonight. Amen? God's going to help you tonight. It has been quite a year in our world, specifically on the continent of Europe. Beginning on February 24th, Russia has been invading its neighboring country, the Ukraine. Unthinkable tragedy has ensued, horrifying events being captured. In the 21st century reality, real time on social media, the world is captivated. Repeatedly, President Zelensky has addressed the United States Congress, NATO, our parliament in Canada and others in a desperate plea for help. And it was in his speech to the United States Congress on March 16th that he stated, friends, Americans, in your great history, you have pages that would allow you to understand Ukrainians. Understand us now when we need you right now. Remember Pearl Harbor, terrible morning of December 7th, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Just remember it. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 2001 when evil tried to turn U.S. cities into battlefields when innocent people were attacked from the air. Everybody say, from the air. Just like nobody else expected it and you could not stop it. Our country... Zelensky said, our country experiences the same every day, right now. Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky into the source of death for thousands of people. And we are asking for a reply to this terror from the whole world. To create a no-fly zone over Ukraine to save people is this too much to ask? President Zelensky went on to say. You know how much depends on the battlefield, on the ability to use aircraft, powerful, strong aviation to protect our people, our freedom, our land, aircraft that can help Ukraine, help Europe. You know they exist, he told the United States Congress. You know they exist and you have them, but they are on earth, not in the Ukrainian sky. I need you to protect our sky. I need you to protect our sky. Repeatedly, Zelensky has begged NATO and its allies to close the sky over the Ukraine. Everybody say, close the sky. And as I follow these events in world politics and in the, in the global uh, world in which we live, this conflict that's happening uh, across the ocean is so distant from us, but it, it's captivating. I can't help but see there being a spiritual parallel in these events in the natural. There's a spiritual parallel that I hear an echo in the spirit because as the church of the living God, and I will address my comments mostly this evening to the church of the living God. We, we are in a war today. We are in a war for the souls of lost humanity. Paul described our enemy as the prince and the power of the air. Everybody say, close the sky. 
He is the prince in the power of the air. Ephesians chapter 2, speaking to the church of the living God, Paul writes, You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And it is our responsibility as the church of the living God, it is our responsibility as the children of God to close the skies to close the skies over our homes to close the skies over our communities to close the skies over our workplaces to close the skies over our families Zelensky is crying out for his nation but there are souls crying out for deliverance and and if we can close the sky if if we can create a spiritual no-fly zone for the enemy to operate in then those desperate souls have an opportunity to be saved those who are lost in despair and depression and addiction and bondage and junk of this world have an opportunity to lift up their eyes and look to the hills from whence cometh their help if we close the sky there's an opportunity for revival when we close the sky there's an opportunity for harvest when we close the sky there's an opportunity for people that don't look like us that don't talk like us they don't even potentially believe like us right now but there's an opportunity for eyes to be open for deaf ears to be unstopped for hard hearts to be softened for broken hearts to be mended there's an opportunity available when we close the sky Ephesians wrote we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers Rulers of darkness of this world. I'm talking spiritually tonight. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not physical. We're, we're wrestling a spiritual warfare. There, this is war. And, and the reality is if when you turn your life to Jesus and when you go down in that watery grave of baptism and you come out of that water in the name of Jesus, totally identified with Christ and all your sins washed away and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Dan McLeod talked about it this morning. Flesh comes upon flesh, bone upon bone, sinew upon. You become a part of an exceeding great army but we're not an army sitting on the sideline we're not an army of peacekeepers spiritually speaking we're an army trained and equipped to take territory in our homes to take territory in our schools to take territory every place the sole of our foot shall tread God has given to us if we will just stand up and walk not lay down and just go through the motions but stand up and and say this is the day that the Lord has made I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it and I'm going to do what God's called me to do today I'm going to close the skies I must close the skies I know where most of you have been around Pentecost for a while you think you know where I'm going let me get really practical here for a minute because there's some things we don't allow the prince and power of the air to influence. The airwaves are used so effectively by our enemy, 
by the adversary. That's, what, that's all that the word Satan means. It's our adversary. Used so effectively. The airwaves, the media, the culture in which we live, video games and social media and technology and mindless entertainment there. And there's young men and women dying a slow death. Addicted to social media that floods our minds with junk. Not necessarily sinful junk, but, but just junk. In a constant stream of algorithms designed to capitalize on our fleshly impulses and our lusts. And it was actually this past Tuesday that this came out in our, our lesson, our growth track, midweek Bible study that we have in our house. The word wicked, we think about wicked, we think about the worst perversity, don't we? The word wicked, trans, another translation of that word in the scripture could also be translated as worthless. Worthless. Wasteful. It kind of brings it up back into purview, doesn't it? Clarifies it for us. And the enemy just is he's so easy, it's so easy just for us to slip into worthless things. And this is how our society is suffering. An epidemic of young people confused and drifting along online, just 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 going just going in different places, just kind of bouncing around and going to different chats and Twitch accounts and, 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 and social media reddits or whatever it is that, that they're going around. This confused and they're going drifting along, dealing with all the challenges of self-image and self-esteem that naturally comes with these teenage years. And then they stumble upon one of those Twitch accounts or a TikTok or a YouTube channel or some other social media I haven't heard of yet because I am getting old. And then as they follow the messaging of these channels, their minds become filled. Their impressionable minds are already filled with insecurity. But then those minds are exposed to corrupt ideologies that confirm their doubts and sell a lie cloaked in affirmation. You're trapped in the wrong body. You need to change orientation, change your gender. You need to look or act in a certain way in order to be accepted or to be your true self. And this happens in the bedrooms of apostolic homes. It's the prince and power of the air. This happens on the smartphones and devices of apostolic teenagers. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in that place of confusion, sometimes we can make mistakes and we can go wayward. And if you were in that camp tonight, you might have made some mistakes. Maybe something has happened that might be irreversible. Can I tell you that we love you? You're welcome here. You're welcome here. Jesus said that the adversary comes not but for to steal, to kill, 
and to destroy. And if the adversary has had his way in your life for any time, he has tried to accomplish and has been at least to some measure successful in accomplishing those tasks that he sets out for himself in your life. When you let Jesus in, he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. A greater life than any, any portrayal on social media can hold a candle to. It's all fake anyways. It's, it's, it's all fake anyways. I, 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 let me tell you something that's true. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God formed you in your mother's womb. God loves you. God loves you with an everlasting love. And the psalmist says, marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed he knew the confusion you would be going through he knew the challenges you would be facing in your life and and he he saw everything from the beginning before you were formed in your mother's womb and he loved you then and he loves you now he loves you wherever you are he loves you however you are just come to him if you're laboring if you're heavy laden if you're confused and he will give you a rest for your soul he will give you life beyond your wildest dreams because the prince and power of the air he's just so malicious and he twists into grotesque forms the image that God made psalmist says the days were fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them how precious also your thoughts to me O God how great is the sum of them and I realize I've slowed it down because I want us to understand something. The enemy wants to convince you you're trapped in the wrong body because he is afraid of who God made you to become. Close the sky. Close the sky. I'm going to get very real with us today. There's young men and women also struggling with constant temptation to visit explicit accounts or websites that satisfy the lust of the flesh. I'm challenging somebody to close the sky in your life. That not the let, Don't give any place to the devil. Don't give any place to the prince and the power of the air. After David sinned with Bathsheba, he, he let his eyes wander and he, and he fell into sin and adultery and ultimately murder of one of his friends and just a horrible situation but he learned a lesson from that and he wrote in Psalm 101 verse 3 he said I will set nothing wicked before my eyes I hate the work of those who fall away he didn't say I hate those who fall away we don't hate people but he said, I hate the work of those who fall away, the sin that leaves people so grotesque, the sin that leaves people so broken and busted. I hate sin, but I love everybody. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And as we echo Job, if we make a covenant with our eyes, then, then why should I then look upon a young woman? Then we have to close the sky, young people. We got to close the sky, parents. We got to close the 
sky, young adults. We got to close the sky, elders. We got to close the sky in our homes. We got to close the sky on our phones. We got to close the sky on our tablets. We got to close the sky on every screen in our house. We got to close the sky. There's a war going on in our homes. There's a war going on in our families and in our communities. And victory begins at home. You can come here and dance all you want to, but if the moment you leave that back door, you're bound up again by that substance, so you're bound up again by that gadget, then there, there is a place of victory for you tonight. There's a call in the Holy Ghost to close the sky, to close the sky. Can I help somebody? It's time to turn off the internet at a reasonable time so that our kids can have uninterrupted sleep without torment. We as parents, let me talk to me for a second, we can plop ourselves down on the couch, turn on our screens, whichever ones they are, TVs, phones, tablets, and we become spiritual zombies, completely ineffective for the kingdom of God. And that includes attending church online. I heard Bishop Dillon say it last week, I'm so thankful Jesus didn't come online. I'm so thankful Jesus didn't come online. We understand there's unique circumstances and sickness and work schedules. We understand that those things come in and it's nice to be able to tune in when you have to work or when you're sick in the hospital to get just to join in with the people of God online. That's a wonderful gift that technology has given us. But we set ourselves up for spiritual destruction if we don't gather together with like-minded believers in person. This is spiritual warfare. And, 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 you know, we got a couple military folks here. We got a couple in Ormucto, too. You don't win a war by yourself. I need my brother and I need my sister uh, that, that's beside me that I am depending on. They each have a role. They each have a function. I need you. You need me. And together, there is victory. Together, together, together. This is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. So Hebrews tells us in chapter 10 to let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching when we do this we 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 reflect the book of acts when we gather together acts 2 42 said they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine but it wasn't just the doctrine it was in fellowship getting together with like-minded believers praying with one another helping one another uh, you know confessing faults one with one to another and then the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much that's what james said and so i need you touch your neighbor say i need you I need you because we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. It's time to close the sky. This sets some parameters of control, accountability, and holiness. Holiness. To be set apart for a purpose unto God 
If I want to be set apart for a purpose, I can't be consumed by anything else. I must be consumed by him because our God is a consuming fire. You may not, you know, to see how, and then if you will do this, just check and see how the atmosphere of your home changes. Just give it a shot. And can I speak as a dad too tonight? I got one, go ahead. Kids, I love you. And they're still pretty young, but God didn't call me to be your friend. He called me to be the father and the priest of my house. Can I call a man out tonight? You may not like me for a little while. You may yell. You may whine. You might complain. But it's my responsibility to close the sky. This is spiritual warfare. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why don't we lift up our hands right now and just say, God, help me. I don't know what you've faced this week. I don't know where you've been this week, but Jesus knows. So thankful for what Jesus did in this room this morning. But for that victory to be sustained has to transition beyond this room into our houses, into our workplaces, into our day-to-day lives. There's a call to close the sky. Psalm 149, psalmist wrote, praise you the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of the saints, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people and he will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. And this is the COVID part of this verse. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Verse number six is really where I want to focus tonight. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Psalm 149 details commands to the children of Israel. And Charles Spurgeon wrote as an introduction to this chapter. He says this, we are almost to the last Psalm and still among the hallelujahs. This is a new song evidently intended for the new creation and the men who are of a new heart. And so verse five concludes with the benign, literally laid back command for the people of God to sing aloud upon their beds and there remaineth a rest for the people of God. Absolutely. 
But then in an instant, the psalmist reverses course and you can sense his blood beginning to rise and his passion as he writes, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And in this portion of scripture, taking it from the practical into the scriptural now, the writer is painting a picture of ancient warfare for the people of Israel and for the church today. He was referring to an ancient military tactical combination of the shout which was a tool of intimidation and inspiration, and the sword, which was a tool of mortal combat. The shout was intended to confuse and to confound the enemy, to intimidate the enemy, but the sword was where the battle was ultimately won. Sometimes the shout alone would result in the retreat of the enemy. We read those passages in scripture, one of the most famous being Gideon's 300 men who just broke their pitchers and shouted the sword of the Lord in Gideon and the enemy was thrown into disarray and God won a mighty victory, but more often the not the shout would not instantaneously break the enemy's resolve the shout was intended to encourage the attacking army intimidate the enemy but it was the sword that ultimately won the victory and if you allow me to define these two terms the shout is our praise we love this one we we love the shout it's wonderful it's powerful and praise is so amazing and necessary we must praise. We must praise. Praise can win battles. But, but in Matthew 17, Jesus told us that some victories will require a little bit more than just praise and speaking the name. He said that this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and by fasting. And so we turn to the sword that the psalmist refers to. And the sword is the prayers of the saints, the spirit-led prayers of the saints of the living God. It is the intercessory prayer that we find in scripture many times and I'll just I don't have time to go through them all tonight but just one example of when when uh, there was a plague going through the ancient uh, nation of Israel that that Aaron in number 16 did as Moses commanded and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed that's a picture of that sword of the spirit at work and in the supernatural realm when when the priesthood and you and I are a holy priesthood we are a holy nation when the priesthood stands in the gap between the dead and the living and says and begins to speak life and begins to speak hope and begins to command spiritual darkness to be lifted there is hope that is brought when Aaron stands between the dead and the living salvation is possible when Aaron stands between the dead and the living deliverance is available when Aaron stands between the dead and the living standing in the gap fighting a war in the heavenlies between a spiritually dead world and abundant life we're bridging building a bridge in prayer in this world we live in and if we're honest some folks in our own families are locked in a prison of death and defeat but intercessory prayer, prevailing prayer, takes on those rulers of darkness, puts them in their place. It closes the sky. It enforces the victory that Jesus won on Calvary 2,000 years ago. It takes dominion over spiritual wickedness and exalts Jesus in its place. And, and God has given us weapons to fight. He's given us weapons. He said there's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the word of God is alive and it's powerful. 
powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God is calling us off our beds today. God is called. We've been singing aloud on our beds and we need rest and we need to worship God but let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. There is dynamic prayer. There is dynamic breakthrough prayer that can win battles you can't win with your intellect. That can bring hope where you don't think there's any way it could work out. Spurgeon writes, the word of God is all edge. Whichever way we turn it, it strikes deadly blows at falsehood, lies, and wickedness. If we do not praise, we shall grow, gra- grow sad in our conflict. But if we do not fight, we shall become presumptuous in our song. This means war. This means war. War in the heavenly places. How many wars in history were silent? None. None. This is a place of prayer that cannot be done in silence and meditation. And I felt in my spirit, I just, I'm sorry if I offend you, but can I challenge some men in this room? Your silent prayer is only so effective. Your strong, silent leadership, it's why we love you. But there's a new place for you. There's a place of dominion for you. There's a place of breakthrough in your house. There's a place of breakthrough in your family. There's a place of breakthrough in your own spirit. That anger that controls you. If you would just lift up your voice unto God, he can help you. We just pray right now for a moment. There's a new place of authority for you. There's a new place of conquest and victory for you. If you'll just stretch into it right now. I don't need to go any further. There's a place of of, of victory if you would just stretch into it. If you would just lift up your hands. Pick up the sword of the spirit. And let the spirit of God flow through you. If you're the priest of your home, I dare you to step out. If you're the priest of your home, I dare you to take dominion and authority over the prince and power of the air that's tormenting your wife and tormenting your kids and, 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 and the airwaves that are, that are being controlled by the enemy. I, I, com- I, I command in the Holy Ghost somebody to stand in the gap. Somebody to stand in the gap. 
in Jesus' name. It's not the will of God that your kids be so confused and addicted. It's not the will of God for your wife to be battling such a heavy load of depression. It's not the will of God. This means war. I will close the sky in my house. I will close the sky. There's some battles women can, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm offending anybody, but God, God calls women to travail and to give birth in the spirit and they fight so much spiritual warfare. But there's some fights that us men, we got to step up and we got to stay, not in this house, not in this house, not in this house. Not in this house. That confusion's not coming in here. That influence isn't coming in here. I'm almost done tonight. Second Samuel, last passage of scripture. Second Samuel chapter 21. Verse number eight. I need someone to help me. I need someone to help me. Justin, would you help me out, bro? I'm only picking on you because you're bigger. Sorry. His last name is bigger, in case you didn't know. But in 2 Samuel, I don't have time to read it tonight. I just want us to move forward in this service. The enemy, the Gibeonites, had taken and slain the sons of Saul, King Saul. And a concubine of Saul named Rizpah. It was her boys. Those were her kids. And as they did in ancient warfare, they hung them up in shame. The bodies of those kids publicly humiliating their corpses. It's just such a despicable thing, but that's how they did it. If you read through 2 Samuel, you'll see how Rizpah Saw those young men that she had raised, she had loved. The enemy had done something so despicable to them. The crows started to come. Wanted to take a chunk out of them. The powers of the air wanted to fly in and just feed. And for the entire harvest time, So Rizpah's sons were just hanging there. Rizba fought off every crow, every raven, every wild beast that would try and touch her kids. And she didn't have hope of resurrection. Some, sometimes the enemy just takes our families and just rips them apart. It's just wicked and despicable what the enemy does to our, tries to do to our families. And sometimes, for various reasons, it seems that he's successful for a time, but spiritually there is hope of resurrection. And when the enemy wants to fly in and take a chunk, I'm going to pray. 
and I'm going to pray a covering. Rizpa did it in the physical, but I'm going to do it in the supernatural. No buzzard's going to come near my kid. No buzzard's going to come near my lost friend. No buzzard, no, no raven, no wild beast, nothing is going to get it, going to, going to take a chunk out of them. I will close the sky. I will close the sky because there's going to be a moment very soon, I believe, that there's going to be a, a something happen in their lives and they're going to turn to God again. And I want there to be opportunity for salvation and revival. So I'm going to close the sky in prayer and in fasting. I'm going to close the sky over my workplace. I'm going to close the sky over my friends. I'm going to close the sky over my school. I will close the sky. Devil, you want to get a little, you want to suck them back in a little bit more? No, in the name of Jesus, I take dominion and authority over the prince and the power of the air. I take dominion and authority over every doubting spirit, every lying spirit, every spirit of addiction and bondage and perversion. I take dominion and authority. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that's your praying for somebody and you don't know how God's gonna do it can I challenge you tonight to close the sky you see after Rizpah did that the famine in the land was was ended God did a supernatural work when Rizpah closed the sky and Rizpah there's a Rizpah in this room and Rizpah it's harvest time the enemy wants to peck away at your children your offspring but there is still resurrection power available close the sky not in my home not with my children not with my grandchildren not not with my co-workers, not with my friends. I will close the sky. Somebody step into what I feel right now. Somebody stand up across this sanctuary and start to speak in authority over the spirits that are at work in your life and in your family and in your home. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, it is the Spirit that maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There is a Holy Ghost move. You don't know what's happening in the supernatural, but you can be confident that God's at work. Just pray. Just pray. Close the sky. Close the sky. Close the sky. Not in my house. Not in my family. Oh, shut up,
This altar's open if you want to come and just take dominion in the spirit over, over whatever situation you're facing right now. If you want to just take dominion, the enemy would say, oh, don't, do, don't bother, don't bother. But the God says, come on, there's a place of authority for you. There's a place of victory for you. That defeat that you've been battling in your mind, there's a victory for you available. If you'll step out and begin to claim it and to begin to profess it, in the name of Jesus Christ. Young people, some of you might have to take dominion in your home for your own home. Maybe your family isn't serving God yet, but God's given you authority. Take it in Jesus' name. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. I plead the blood. I speak the name of Jesus. I take authority over every work of darkness. And I speak light. And I speak life. And I speak deliverance. I speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. I hear a Rizpah interceding right now. I hear a mother in Zion interceding right now. I wish there was some men of war in here that would lift up their voice to match Rizpah right now.
That's it. When Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Let there be a travail go forth in the supernatural. Let it start tonight. Let it start tonight. Let it start tonight. Come on, Rizpa. Don't let those buzzards touch you, kids. That's it. Man of God, stand in the gap as Aaron did between the dead and the living. Not here. I claim victory over my home. I speak deliverance over my home. I speak healing over my home. I speak salvation over my home. I speak clarity over my home. I speak peace of mind and peace in spirit and peace in relationships over my home. Lord, I command it to come to pass as you, you will it in heaven. Let it be done in earth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Keep on praying, but if, you were, if your wife or husband is here or if your family's here, your parents are here, I wonder if you would gather together and I want us to go to spiritual war for our homes. I want us to go to, whatever, even if you're out of the house, whatever, go find your parents or your family. If you don't have a member of your family here, then, then just find somebody close by and just join in with them. We're one family anyways. And because God wants to bring deliverance to somebody's house today, deliverance has come to your house today in the supernatural. There's deliverance for your house today. There's deliverance for your house today. There's deliverance for you today. Doesn't matter if you were fighting on the way here tonight, there's still deliverance for you. Doesn't matter if you've been, you've been kind of at odds, there's still deliverance for you. It doesn't matter. It, God's here and he's going to restore you right now. God's here and he's going to bring you, knit you together. God's going to do a mighty work. That's it. Pray, pray. In the name of Jesus.
That's it, Alicia. Close the sky over Paris right now. Close the sky over Paris. That's it, young men. God is teaching your hands to war and your fingers to fight. That's it. God is teaching your hands to war and your fingers to fight. Let him flow through you in prayer in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yes, there's a flood beginning to flow. Like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard against him. There is a flood of prayer. There is a flood of dominion. There is a flood that wants to crescendo through this next season that is going to bring victory, that's going to bring revival, undergirded by the prayer of the saints of the Most High God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God.
you're praying, keep praying. I just wanted to finish with this. If the music you can come back. And... My wife and I went, had the privilege to go down to the Apostolic Conference. Powerful time with other church planters and thankful for them being willing to let us go. <laughs> um, but I received just very practical, some direction. And I uh, just felt to share it with us tonight and both for Oromocto and for, for Fredericton. And I never saw it this way, but just the teaching or through the week taught us that much like the enemy tried to kill Moses and Jesus in the cradle, the enemy tries to kill a new church, tries to just snuff it out before it gets anywhere. But once a church has been established, the enemy works through mentalities and strongholds to try just to contain it. Because if he can contain it, box it up keep our spiritual activity contained to certain times of the week or contained to a certain location in the city contained maybe to a specific 30 minute devotional time contained to a service schedule then he's satisfied the adversary can do whatever he wants in a city where the church is contained but when a church breaks containment and closes the sky, not just here physically, but everywhere we go, understanding that Jesus is in me, therefore I have authority. Then the enemies put to flight. And it would astound you the conversations you'll have when you walk in that authority. It will astound you, the people who will look at you and ask you a question about Jesus. You never thought that name would be coming out of their mouth in a good way. But God does a supernatural work when we close the sky. I'm thankful for his word. And I'm walking out of here with my head held high. Because I'm taking dominion and I have authority and you know what I mentioned it earlier for some of us in the natural in the next few moments few few weeks maybe if you're just starting to take this step in the spirit and just pray in this way and get ready because things might just go crazy for a little while in the natural but that's the enemy he's the lord of the flies Beelzebub, he has no staying power. If you'll stick with it through the chaos, through the confusion, there's victory on the other side. Don't quit 
if this week things just go crazy in your house and, and it just, just seems to go bonkers. You've got dominion. You just need to stay the course because God's got victory for you and God's got victory for your family and God's got victory for your workplace and God's got victory for the lost around you. God's got, God's got some amazing things in store. And I'm going to close the sky. Amen? I'm going to close the sky. Why don't we lift up our hands and just begin to thank God in expectation of what he's doing and what he's going to do. Why don't we thank him and rejoice before the walls of Jericho fall. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. 